I met someone at F1 two years ago. And there were like these buses for F1 that were going from like checkpoints to F1 so you wouldn't have to drive there, like coach buses. So I met this guy. We started talking about watches. He had a nice watch on. I'm a watch guy. And then uh, somehow came up that I'm an attorney. I told him to follow me on Instagram. And literally two years later, last week, he hit me up and he goes, hey, my uh, girlfriend's mom just got into a car accident. Can you help her? I'm like, yeah, sure. How'd you find us? He goes, I don't know if you remember, but we met on the bus for Formula One, right? And, then, and he followed me. So it keeps me top of mind. Welcome to the Tip to Skills podcast, where we discuss running and growing your law firm. I'm your host, Maria Monroy, president and co-founder of LawRink. Today, I am joined by Joey Raffaelli. And on today's episode, we literally just have a conversation, which I know most episodes are very conversational in nature, but this time we literally just jumped around. We talked about him growing his law firm from his childhood bedroom to 15 employees in three and a half years. We talked about his social media and generating cases that way. I hope that you guys enjoy this. Well, Joey, thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. In your place and everything. So pretty. Thank you. So tell us your name. My name is Joey Raffaelli with Raffaelli Law, personal injury law firm down in South Florida. We cover the whole state of Florida. Started the firm three and a half, a little over three and a half years ago. Um, started on my own completely. How old are you? That's one thing I don't want to say. Oh, come on. You're fucking with me, right? No, I hate, I don't want people knowing. I know that I know, but I can't remember. I'm 27, but edit that out. It's so impressive, though. All right, fuck it. Let's do it. Okay, cool. We'll keep right. that little snippet in there. So you started your law firm three, three and a half years ago? Three and it? a half years ago. Okay. Out of my childhood bedroom. <laughs> okay. Why, why is that funny? Because <laughs> <laughs> I just like literally thought of like a kid's room. Literally, my bed, my desk, at a computer. It was a laptop. It's the same one that I used for law school. That's cute. And I quit my job. Well, first I worked for a year, right, for a firm, for a firm that didn't do personal injury. Okay, what did they do? Commercial litigation and class action. Okay. And I didn't like it at all. I had I worked with great people. If they see this, I love them. They were great, but it wasn't what I wanted to do. And I was just like working on briefs, reading cases, not really things that I loved. So I went to go work at a personal injury firm, and I wasn't really happy there. It wasn't the work, it was more of the culture and the environment, I would say. So two weeks in, it was in the middle of COVID, October, 2020, two weeks into working there, I was like, you know what? Everybody and their mother is a personal injury lawyer. There's so many, <laughs> it can't be rocket science. I could probably figure this out on my own. My best friend had gone into a crash in June of 2020. So four months prior, never hired an attorney. Didn't really have a great case, but he was my first client. Aww. So I opened up shop October 15th, 2020 is when I started the LLC. Okay. Um, and then I signed him up and then it was kind of history from there. You do these videos. This is all I want to talk about. You do these like man on the street videos and you go to like South. Where do you go? South Beach? Okay. So I used to live in Fort Lauderdale and the ones on the beach were all on Fort Lauderdale Beach. I would go to, down to Brickell because that's where more people are. And just me, my videographer, I grab a mic and I just start talking to people. Say, hey, do you want to be on uh, social media for 
like my page and they're like some most say no 99 percent of people say no really yeah sometimes i'm down there for like two hours i'll interview two people i bet you people would say yes to me they would because i'm a female yeah probably it's less threatening yes but i'm like wearing a suit i don't know i feel like I, i'm a nice guy You're i nice. smile you do smile. I'm like, hey, do you want to be on my social media show? They must think you're such a dude. <laughs> They're probably like, what is this guy doing? He's probably broke. Like, <laughs> like they don't get, maybe you need to like explain to them first. I do. I tell them I'm a lawyer and it's like, I'm just going to ask you legal questions. And they're like, oh, no, no, no. I think we can crack the code. I'm going to go do it with you one of these days. Okay, deal. All right. And we'll see. You let me know when. Yeah. Okay. As soon as I'm back, we're going to make it happen. We are. And where did you get this idea to go do these man on the street videos? To be honest with you, I don't even know. I just thought about it. I see other people doing it, other social media influencers. But I don't see lawyers doing it though. No, no other attorney. I think you're the only lawyer that's, that I know. I started it. That's crazy. Some lawyers followed suit. I love when you ask them like, if you were in an Uber accident, what would it be worth? And you get like all over the place. Some people are like, five bucks. I'm like, really? <laughs> But it's it's so funny because it's like, it depends. Well, like, yeah. it's such an it depends answer, but they don't know that. Yeah, but I always ask, like, what's the most that you can get if you're really badly hurt? What's their policy? Their policy is a million. Is that all you can get? No, I'm sure you can get more. I mean, if you're, like, killed by an Uber, I'm sure there's a way to go for bad faith or whatever, right? But if they don't tender right away. But usually that's the maximum policy limits. And you're getting cases from social, from all over the state? All over the country. Oh my God. And what do you do with those cases? I refer them out. Are you using attorney share? No, I'm not. Is that Bob Simon's Yes. Thing? So I saw something about that. I texted him and I'm like, yo, tell me about it. He sent me the link and I never did anything with it. Now you run a remote firm. Completely remote. What's that like? Amazing. How many employees do you have? We've got about 15 now. What? Yeah. All remote? All remote. That's nuts. As a law firm, I mean, there's 40 of us and we're all remote, but we're an agency. It's like almost like expected. Everybody can do their job with a computer. You know, they're all adults. They're trusted. They're experienced. So yeah, it's 15 of us. We're all remote, including myself. What case management software do you use? Filevine. Do you have lead docket? I don't. Uh, that's the next step. Okay. Strongly recommend it. I know. I need to get it. I want to start talking to you about SEO. <laughs> about SEO? <laughs> we can talk about SEO. No, no, no. I'll, do I'll, Google I'll, reviews. I, I know. We'll circle back okay. privately later because yeah. we've talked about it before. That's I why I'm, like, I have questions. Is that why you came here? You just no, came to sell No, me. not at all. No, but this, this gave me like, uh, it reminded me. No, I'm the worst salesperson in terms of like going after people and being like, hey, you should do this. Yeah, that's just being annoying. Yeah, I'm not very good at it. Because you don't want to chase after potential clients. No, when people come to me, I'm good, but they have to want to like. It's the same for me too. I realize that if there's a client that's kind of on the fence about signing up and then we really pursue them and we don't really know how good their case is or whatever, and then we end up signing them up, it's kind of like they're not the best client going down the road. Even if I miss out on 5% of those, you know, of my clients because of that, I'd rather have the clients that sign right away, trust me, you're ready to get the ball rolling, and then I don't have those issues long-term. I'd never heard that before. Although, for us, it's similar, but I would imagine if someone's been in a car accident and they need representation, 
They need it. They need it. And if they're not willing to sign and they're not willing to cooperate and they don't trust us right away, then sometimes it's not the best fit. Wow. So from social, you're getting all these. Is that your primary source? It's part of it. It definitely helps build like the personal brand, right? And I'll meet people. For example, it's pretty funny. I met someone at F1 two years ago. And there were like these buses for F1 that were going from like checkpoints to F1 so you wouldn't have to drive there, like coach buses. So I met this guy. We started talking about watches. He had a nice watch on. I'm a watch guy. And then uh, somehow came up that I'm an attorney. I told him to follow me on Instagram. And literally two years later, last week, he hit me up and he goes, hey, my uh, girlfriend's mom just got into a car accident. Can you help her? I'm like, yeah, sure. How'd you find us? He goes, I don't know if you remember, but we met on the bus for Formula One, right? And then, and he followed me. So it keeps me top of mind, right? So it's not always random people, but it's people I've met in the past or that I know through mutual friends that will reach out to me because of my social media. So it's really all about consistency. All because of a watch? Yeah. Which is funny because what was the first thing I asked you when I got here? About watches. I'm like, what watch should I get? <laughs> That's why I always post on my story. I'm like, maybe I'll become a watch influencer. That's funny. I only knew because, well, A, because you have the Rolex thing that reminded me, but I remember Sabrina and you were talking about it. Yeah. And she was like, oh, you're a watch guy. And I noted it because I want to get a Rolex. I love watches. And I've always admired them growing up, right? And I didn't grow up with money, which is why I started the firm from my bedroom, right? <laughs> so I would always like, I knew all about watches and cars, but I couldn't afford them. But I was like one of my goals, like, some people say you shouldn't have materialistic goals. I disagree. Yeah, I think it's bullshit. I think if you like material things, it's a material world, literally. It is. You got to enjoy yourself. I don't think people should be overextending themselves for material things. But if you could comfortably afford it, then get that watch, get that car, get that boat, like whatever it is. You got to enjoy your life. So I've always loved watches and I knew about them way before I even had them. My husband doesn't care about material things like at all. And I'm always the one that's like, I want this, I want that. He's like, okay, go get it. Yeah. That's what opposites attract. Yeah, I guess. Uh, no, it's good because then we would both be spending on all this. So for me, it works very well because he also doesn't shame me in any way. He's just like, it doesn't matter to me, but if it matters to you, it makes you happy, you know? Like yeah. he doesn't care about cars. Yeah, like the, the boys were asking him the other day, if you could have any car, what would it be? He's like, a Tesla S. And the kids are like, that's what you have. He's like, yeah, that's what I that's want. That's why he has it. <laughs> that's why I have it. They're like, you wouldn't get a Lamborghini or this or that. And he's like, nope, I'd get exactly what I have. That's funny. That's good. It's being content. He values probably more important things. He loves like travel and he does, he is like a snob about the way that we travel and like, you know, the way our house looks. I mean, he still drives a nice car, but he's not. Like for him, things have to be functional or it's like an experience, right? Like your home is an experience, you know, the way we travel, that sort of thing. But like he doesn't care about clothes or watches or, you know, I care about those things. Then let those things motivate you and get them. Yeah. No, no, no. I have zero, zero issues with it. I mean, I, I don't know. I do feel guilty about spending money on material things. It depends on what you spend it on, right? Are you spending it on something material that's going to be worth nothing after you purchase it? Yes. Then you might want to feel a little guilty. I mean, about it that. depends. Like, what? What would? 
So like a watch, for example, this watch, I got it at a great deal. I won't lose any money on it the way the market's looking right now. If I do, I'll lose hundred, like 500 bucks, $1,000, right? So I'm basically taking the money, transferring it from my bank account to my wrist, and I get to enjoy it. And it's a conversation starter. And it's just fun to wear. I guess I don't think of things like that. I mean, my biggest expenses would be like a Chanel purse, something like that. Yeah, but that holds its value. I don't think it does. That's what they say. I don't know anything about purses. Maybe it does. I, what, I don't know, actually. I, I heard I heard they go up 10% every they do. year. They do, which is painful. Right. So they go up 10% every year. And if you have one, you keep it in good condition. You want to sell it. You won't lose much money on it. Yeah, I never thought of it that way because I don't want to sell it. <laughs> yeah, me neither. I don't want to sell any of my stuff. But if... You know, if you don't, if you get tired of it yeah. or if whatever. I always think of like, I want all my stuff to just go to my daughter. When I have sons, I'll probably give them my watches too. So you asked me earlier, how do I get, if I get a lot of my cases through social media? Yeah. Right. So as I said, it really keeps me top of mind. I don't get a crazy amount of cases from it, but where I've gotten a lot of my cases is through like professional relationships that I've turned into almost personal relationships. Give me an example. So I work with a lot of doctors in the area, right? Uh, when I first met them, it was just straight up professional relationships, right? My client needs a doctor. Their office is nearby. I'll recommend it to my client. Then as I started working with these people and really got to know them, we've become friends. So now when, if my client needs a doctor, I'll recommend them. If their client needs a lawyer, they'll recommend me, right? So it's all like professional recommendations and relationships. And... It hasn't been like that with all doctors that I work with, only a select few, you know, because you can't really build a personal relationship with everybody. Maybe if you're really big in sales, but I'm not. No, but I also think it's like, I don't know, at least for me, I have to like the people. Like I can't, I can't build a either professional or personal relationship with someone that I don't like. I agree. A hundred percent. It's really hard for me. Yeah. Cause you don't want to talk to them. You don't want to spend time with them. Like, no. Yeah. That's normal. We're business owners, right? Who we spend our time with really matters. I'm booked every night this evening for dinner. Lawyers, doctors, people that I'm like old friends with that have sent me business in the past. But are you part of any like group or community? No. It's just you network. But you're very social, right? I'm pretty social. It depends on the atmosphere and the environment. Like sometimes you just don't want to talk to anybody. Catch me two days into a conference. Yeah, exactly. That's where alcohol helps. Speaking of alcohol, though, I'm not drinking for 75 days. Because of 75 hard. 75 hard. I give up bread, gl gluten instead of alcohol. What's your goal in doing that? I actually, I think I'm intolerant. So it's such a stupid long story, but basically I did a blood test and I was anemic. And there's a big correlation between iron not getting absorbed if you're celiac. So... I thought, hmm, that's interesting. So I did the celiac test and it came back negative, but I wasn't eating a ton of bread when I did it. So that's where I fucked up. So I just think I'm just going to cut it out and see if my iron goes up. And you'll feel better. I, I already feel better. That's the thing. I actually made my whole family cut it. Really? Yeah. That's kind of messed up. No, well, my kids were. <laughs> so my kids. They got to suffer with you. <laughs> but I, there's a good reason. My kids were intolerant when they were little and I could tell right away when it, they would eat it, they would be so much more angry. 
like aggressive. Maybe angry isn't the, the right word. And then at some point, my husband got fed up and was like, this is not sustainable and started feeding them gluten. And then they were older. So we were like, eh, whatever. So now we're like testing it to see if we can tell a difference in their behavior. But this time he's on board because he's not eating it. So it's like, well, we can all just suffer together type of thing. Yeah. Let's see how long it lasts. Because, you know, the first time we go to a restaurant, they're not going to want anything. Like all they want is like burgers, hot dogs, grilled cheese, pasta. What, what am I going to get them? You know, like. Nowadays, I feel like it's a lot easier to be gluten free. Everything comes gluten free. Well, see, the thing is, I'm also like being a bit extreme where I don't want to substitute like with like gluten-free bread because I feel like that's really unhealthy in and of itself. So it's like you're trading one bad thing for another. Okay, so you've grown your firm from you working out of your childhood bedroom with like a little twin bed and a little deck. No, I think by that time I had probably upgraded to a queen. So it was pretty tight. The room was probably like a 11 by 11. I don't know what that means. Like I know what that means, but I can't picture it in my head. You can't picture it? No. It's pretty small. Like it was a bed and then like there was this much space between my office chair and the bed. Okay. <laughs> he showed us like, I don't know, four inches of space. So you went from that to 15 employees in three years, three and a half years running a virtual law firm. And these cases that you're acquiring between social media and building relationships. Mm -hmm. How important do you think it is now that social media has come into the equation to be able to refer cases to other lawyers and have other lawyers out of state refer cases to you? In terms of like building relationships across states, I think it is important actually to meet the people in person. Like the main people I refer cases to and that I think of immediately in their state, I know them in person. I saw something earlier, super successful people are very good at communication and like answering relatively quickly. And you always find like the people that aren't as successful are kind of dragging their feet and they don't answer as quick. I get really annoyed with people that are really long-winded. Me too. It drives me insane. It's like culturally in Mexico, it's a very common thing. Like people are very long-winded. And it was one of the things that I really struggle there. Like I remember one time I asked at a restaurant, like, hey, can I get a table? And their answer, I did not understand. It was so long and confusing. And I was like, I'm sorry, do you mean yes? Or do you mean no? I've been doing this uh, prompt, this journal prompt, and I don't typically journal, that Huberman posted about where you write um, what you're grateful for. And it can be like one word answers. The plan for the day, any fears or resentments, um, things to watch out for. And every single day I write social media. <laughs> every day. Shopping. <laughs> every single That's online shopping. Every single day. Well, at least you know. Yes. Oh, but ever since I've started doing it, it's the craziest thing. I totally have avoided it. Like Really? Yeah. And then like another one will be like, get stuck working and not go to the gym. So I wake up early and I always like sit down, do this prompt and start working. And then sometimes like nine o'clock will hit and I'm like, oh, fuck it. I have so much work. I'm not going to go to the gym. Ever since I've been writing it, I make it to the gym. And then the last thing you write is uh, things to strive for. I really have liked it. What are you striving for if you want to share? No, no, no. I just like that day. Oh, just that day. What did you strive for today? 60 minutes of sales enablement. Like just like time it and just like- Sales what? Enablement. What which is, is basically I just go through all of our like email sequences and like- Oh, nice. Yeah, make sure like your that- CRM? Yeah. Got you. 
you have like a set calendar every day between this time and this time you're going to do this? I've tried it, but I don't necessarily stick to it. What time do you wake up? Seven, eight. There was a time where I was waking up at like 5.45 and going to the gym super early. Just now that we moved, that hasn't been the the routine. And when travel, it's hard because every time I travel, I'm staying up later. Yeah. So it just throws me into the cycle of like not waking up early. Does Laurink have a private jet yet? So planes scare me. So the idea of being like on a private plane. I don't know. I just never like grew up flying first class. I'm nope. assuming you didn't either. I didn't even we yeah, didn't yeah. fly. I think we flew. Yeah. We never took a trip where we flew, except I would fly back to Mexico to see my grandparents when we first moved here. We were poor. But look at that. Look at where you are now. Yeah, gables. I'm just worried that like my kids won't have that. It's like this weird thing where- You just got to raise them with the right values. I mean, I don't have kids, so it's, it's probably easier said than done. It is. You know? It is. It's it's hard. But It's definitely really hard. And we've we've decided that we will pay for their college. We will buy them a car when they graduate, assuming they, they live in a city where they need a car. But after that, they're for like the foreseeable future they need to go learn like the value of money like i'm we're not gonna help them like they can come live at home if they want but like i don't love that idea not because i don't want them there i do actually but because i want them to learn the value of a dollar you know like they sometimes say things to me that i'm like what the hell do you know they'll be like oh it's a hundred bucks it's not that much i'm like how much do you think you would make an hour my son broke something the other day that I had told him, like, hey, be careful when you bring this in. Don't do this. I don't, you know, want it to break. And he broke it. So I was like, okay, great. Nobody would pay you more than eight bucks an hour. So now you're going to work until you can pay it off and, like, buy it for me again. And he was, like, really upset about it. And I was like, nope. And it was really because I told him. And he was just, like, right. sloppy because he doesn't have, like, this idea of, like, shit costs money. Right. Right. So I'm like, no, that costs money. Nobody's going to pay you more than eight bucks an hour. So you're working for me. And it was something silly. It was like a trade. It's like 34 bucks. Yeah. But I was like, nope, you're earning it. So my kids play or play, I don't know what you call it. They practice jujitsu and the instructors keep like giving them the stripes together. Like they'll wait for both of them to advance. Mm-hmm. So they've gotten like three stripes and every time it's like on the same day. Finally got annoyed and I went up to them and was like, hi, I really appreciate what you're doing for my kids. However, I don't want you to keep forcing them to advance together. Like you're waiting on one's ready and you wait on the other because he had like told my husband because you don't want the other to feel bad. They're not the same kid. They're two different kids with two different abilities. They're going to be dealt two different set of cards. Please do not feel like you have to like... Don't worry, one will be hurt. I am okay with that. I've worked very hard to make them understand that they're two different kids and that like life isn't per se fair or equal. And they just looked at me like, you crazy mother, but okay. And I was like, great, thanks. Like People try to baby their kids nowadays and everybody grows up soft. I know. And then they wonder why they don't have nice shit. They wonder why they're lazy. I was reading that so many young people are they live at home now and that's why i don't know if you know there's been a spike in like people buying luxury goods that's why like you always see a line at all these like luxury stores 
And it's because they like kids nowadays, I say kids, but you know, young adults have so much disposable money because they live at home and they kind of feel like, well, I can't own a home. Yeah. Like that's a forgotten dream. I have all the student yeah. debt. So fuck it. They're just lazy. I mean, well, they were given a trophy for everything. Yeah. Sometimes when they see other people that have nice things, they think that it's all been given to them. Well, and it's a sense of like entitlement, like the world owes me something. I don't like that. Like the world doesn't owe you shit. Like, like I try to tell this to my kids, but it's it's hard because at the end of the day, like what my mindset coach tells me is like, they just, you want them to have a perspective that they're never going to have. Like, it doesn't matter if like you, because, you know, we lived in Mexico and they would see the kids begging on the street. They're like, they saw it, but they can't relate. Like, you can't learn to have a perspective. Like, they're not going to have it. You'll see. Like, you want to give your kids everything that you didn't have. At the end of the day, you're also like, well, fuck, like, I don't want you to be unable to do things for yourself, you know? Like that drive, that that grit, that like ability of like, well, it's okay because like I got it, you know, like, like no matter what, like I can accomplish things as opposed to like, where's my nice shit? You know, like my kids don't even fly coach, you know, they fly first class with us. And uh, my husband and I were talking about it the other day, like at what age can we send them coach? And it's like coming up, right? Like our oldest is 11. Oh, they were not happy when they overheard this conversation. Like, wait, 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 we can't do that. You can't send us back there. <laughs> we're like, oh, no, we will. Like, it's not a matter of can we or can we not. We absolutely will. And I think I looked it up and it's like 12 or 13. I find it crazy that people pay like 10 grand to fly first class overseas. So, see, we've never done that because whenever we've gone overseas, we have used Amex points. I hoard my Amex points. We have a, we have millions. But do you hoard them, or you like you like to spend them? No, we hoard, we have like millions right now, just really? there. Oh, all right. I'll hit you up for my next flight. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling you're not going to be the only one at this point. Yeah, guys. Maria has a lot of Amex points. She doesn't know what to do with them. That's not true. I know exactly what to do with them. I just choose not to right now. Buy a Rolex with Amex points. Can I? Yeah, you can turn them into cash. That, see, that's not smart, though. That's not a good use of the Amex points. Yeah. The best use is to travel with them. Is it? Yes, you absolutely. You get more A like, thousand worth? percent. Yep, a thousand percent. And by travel, I don't mean hotels. I mean, like, overseas travel. Like, you go to Europe on it. So, wait, as a law firm, what do you use to, since we've, like, talked nothing about. Yeah, let's talk about law a little let's bit. Let's talk about law and cut some of that stuff out. <laughs> How do you run this remote team? Like, do you have something that you use for processes? Yeah. So our file vine is kind of built out. So there's our automated tasks for everyone on the team for each case. Um, it's really just me, case manager, and an assistant on every file. So they're automated tasks. Um, so that way we make sure the case is moving. Like, for example, all of our clients have to be called at the very least every two weeks. In the beginning, it's probably more, right? While we're getting their car fixed, making sure that they're going to the doctor's appointments, making sure that they like the doctors, that they understand what's going on. But even like a month or two into the case, they have to be called every two weeks. So it's a lot of touch points, but it also is we're able to res resolve our cases quicker that way because their clients are staying on top of what they need to do. We'll, we're reminding them. 
And it also helps with referrals down the line, right? We're not one of those firms that, you know, the client signs up with you and then <clears throat> you don't really hear from the law firm. You know, I'm not, I'm going to keep it real. I'm not the one calling the clients every two weeks, but I was at one point. What if they want to meet with you? We have a Weston office that has a conference room. We have a Brickle office that has a conference room, one in Hollandale. I'm going to look into Brickle because I love like New York City, for example. I love downtowns. Like I love yeah. this feel of like, this makes me feel good. Like I like- Gives you energy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's why I moved here. Miami is really expensive right now. It is, but like there's cheaper areas and like a lot of people are living paycheck to paycheck. Like Miami's crazy. A lot of scammers. Scammers? Like, yeah. Tell me all about that. Miami's filled with like scammers, drug dealers, OnlyFans girls. Well, I mean, I assume that. But okay. Let's talk about the firm a little. Yes. We are not very good at this. Just imagine the law firm owner right now that is listening to you say you have 15 employees all remote. They can't even wrap their head around that because for so long, law firms have been such a, I mean, it's like, it's a business and you show up and you work and it's, in that sense, it's like very structured. So do you have like daily meetings with the team? Do you have employees overseas? If so, how does that factor in? Like, how do you make sure that everything's running according to plan? We have weekly meetings with the whole firm every Friday morning. And are they all based out of Florida? Most. Okay. Do you have overseas employees? I have overseas employees. They out do of back office work. Okay. Out of in where? In the Philippines. And how has that been for you? Great. But everyone that's based in the US is in Florida spread throughout the state though um and they're all mostly like middle-aged mothers oh wow yeah i that love want, that yeah that want to spend time with their kids right that they work part-time or full-time they work full-time they work from home uh, most of them like drop their kids off at nine take their lunch at three o'clock to go pick up their kids from three to four and then they work like four to six or whatever and to answer your question in regards to like other attorneys don't know how they would be able to do it It'd be tough for me to answer that because I've never worked, I've never, I've worked in an office setting, but I've never owned an office setting law firm, right? So I started in October of 2020, which was like literally the height of COVID. There were no cars on the street. People, when I told people I started a personal injury law firm, they looked at me like I had three heads. They're like, dude, no one's driving right now. Like, what are you doing? But you know what's crazy? We grew a ton during COVID and particularly in uh, acquiring PI clients. So this idea that nobody was driving was like totally, people were driving. Absolutely. Um, it's funny, we almost signed a lease and the Monday we were supposed to sign the lease, the kids were sent home from school. So we were like, mm, maybe we should hold off to see what happens. And then we ended up, because of COVID, building all of our systems and going full, like being fully remote. That's all I know. It's been great for me. Everyone's efficient. Do you have like computer like tracking a uh, tracking software? Not really. No. So I you don't. just get your shit done type of thing. Yeah, it's get your shit done. That's what it is. And if you're falling behind, we're gonna ask you why you're falling behind. And if they fall, like, will you take? Obviously, you'll fire if need to. All of that. Yeah, I haven't had to yet. Wow. Thankfully. How are you finding these moms? Obviously, I'm biased, but I do think that like moms can really get so much shit done. They get a lot of shit done. Um, they're responsible, right? Like if I hire a 22-year-old girl, she's going to be on Instagram all day scrolling for sure, at least half the day. Um, it's a job where 
you really have to care about the client, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're hurt. They just went through a lot of shit. Um, what's better than a mother? It's tough to keep the culture, quote unquote, yeah. in a virtual firm. You know, at the end of the day, we're all adults. We're here to work. Like they've got their lives outside of work. Um, but we do obviously want to have a good team and a good culture. So that's why we have that fr- the Friday meetings every Friday, right? We'll discuss any updates. We'll talk about client signed, cases settled, you know, give them the spotlight, right? If a case manager did really well, I'll mention it. Um, and then as for like meeting up in person, we'll do lunches and dinners. Yeah. See, I have team members because we see we're in the U.S. It's like the whole country. And there's people I've never met in person, um, both here and in Mexico. But in Mexico, it's hybrid because we do have offices. They don't go to them unless there's like a training or like a reason to go necessarily. It's primarily they're working remote. But I think that that part is tough for me, at least. Like we have all these employees I've never met. Like it's in person, like of course on Zoom, but it's kind of crazy. It is. I don't know. I've gotten so used to it. I'm used to it. I can't imagine having to like show Going up into an office. To an office. Oh, no. But how big do you think you can get it? Like virtual? Like, do you think there there would be a point where you're like, "Fuck, I got to bring everybody into an office"? I don't think so. What about clients, though? Like, do you worry that they expect like a fully functioning office, like with the receptionist and the? No. I think they just want results. Do they ever ask? Yeah, I'll and meet them. What do you tell them? I'll meet them in my Western office. They have a conference But when room. they show up, they don't say, well, this isn't like an actual office. No, they say, wow, this place is beautiful. Oh, <laughs> well, because it's really nice? Yeah. So do you think that that helps making sure that for anyone listening, these, um, I don't want to say virtual offices, but these offices where you can just- Co-working spaces, yeah, we'll call them. That they're really nice? Yeah, of course, because it's a representation of who you are, you know, or who your who your firm is what your firm is, whatever. Um, it should be a nice place. You want to impress your clients. You don't want just a shithole. No. <laughs> like an address, right? And they'll come and say, what the hell is this? Who did I hire? But also, it's important to, you know, just deliver, give them good results, and give them good service. Because you could have the nicest office in the world, but if your service sucks and you're not getting your clients good money or good results, I should say, they're they're not going to refer people. They're not going to say, "Oh, you should hire this lawyer because he has a beautiful office." Who gives a shit? Anything else you want to talk about? Your love of cars. So I have a Tesla, and then I like six months ago I bought a Lamborghini. Did you? Yeah, because that was always like a dream of mine, and I've always been into cars. I'm teasing. I already knew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you already know. Everybody knows. It's also helped with like my marketing and who I am, and I did that from the beginning. It gives you credibility. It's unfortunate that people will value you based on your car, right? But if you're driving Lambo or you're driving a Toyota Camry, who do you think they're going to hire, you know? I agree. I always tell my husband that, like, when I buy expensive things, I'm like, well, I have to dress a certain way. You do. (laughs) It's a truth, though. And he gets it. He's like, rolls his eyes. He's like, okay. Then he's like, I don't want to see you wearing it unless you're at a conference. (laughs) But you should tell him. Well, I never, I never know who I'm going to meet on the street. Like, I mean, you, you really don't. The other day, I flew next to a PI lawyer. Like, we're, I was not flying to a conference. Total, total, total chance. Don't buy this cool shit because you think it's going to make you look cooler or it's going to, you know, give you this status. But if you really like it and it gives you the status, then great. So you got to like really be unique and be yourself 
And if that means, you know, getting a car or whatever, then do it. Because people that are also passionate about it are going to talk about it, you know? And they'll reach out to you because you guys have the same passion. If you like golf, if you like whatever, surfing, whatever it is, like, I don't golf. Have you read Influence? Read book Influence? Influence? No. So it talks about the, how people like to do business with people that um, they can relate to, right. that have similar interests. Right. You read a lot, a lot of books. I've been reading this book forever. It's been like six weeks. Uh, what is it called? Dopamine something. It's so good. It's about why we're so addicted to social media, to everything that, mm -hmm. and like the relationship between pain and pleasure. Like, for example, it talks about like cold plunges, right? And yeah. Why we feel so good after or like. Have you done it before? Yeah. Well, it turns out I'm allergic to cold. Really? What yeah. happens? So I was getting itchy after doing cold plunges and I thought it was just the water in Miami, like in my house. Yeah. And then I did one where I went even colder. I think I went 48 degrees and for five minutes. And when I got out, I was so, so cold that I was like, no, I need to like warm up. So I got in a warm shower and I broke out in hives. No way. Yeah. I mean, I just got two, but still. Holy shit. I was like, what is this? So I Googled it and it's a fucking thing. You could be allergic to cold. You can be allergic. Some people are like, it's so bad that if they live in like a cold environment, the moment they walk out, like they'll get a rash. Oh my God. For me, it's like only if I take like these extreme, you know, and it's a histamine reaction, mm -hmm. which is fascinating because like I think it's tied to the gut. Mm -hmm. Also why I gave up gluten yeah. to go back to that. Because I'm like, something's not right. Like this shouldn't be happening. And I've heard of other people, I won't even, like people in our space that are like, I have that. Wow. Yeah. So it's like a thing. That's nuts. I didn't know. Yeah. It's that is crazy. crazy. So I once that happened, I panicked because it freaked me out and mm. I stopped. Does your husband cold plunge? When I do them, he would do them. Yeah. And he was fine. So you guys had like the plunge? No, I no, because we're renting. I was doing it like a super like probably not ideal way, but I would order. I would Instacart bags of ice, eight bags of ice. Wow. 10 pounds each? No, they were like, they were higher. Really? I'm because sure that so, driver loved you, that delivery so they, person. Oh, they fucking hate me. They don't even ring the doorbell. <laughs> oh and I'm afraid God. it's going to melt outside. So I'm like on the lookout and like checking the app. But we have a big tub, so that's why. And then after one of us plunges, then I have to add more eyes because the body's like heating it up. So I was doing it like twice a week until that happened. And I was like, and I was actually kind of glad I didn't buy it. I didn't buy a plunge because I didn't want to move it when we buy a house. So I was like, okay, I'm going to wait. But I still wanted to do it. But then now I'm like, well, if I can't fix this. In Mexico, I was doing cold showers for five minutes every single day, first thing in the morning. It took my anxiety away. To do a cold shower here? It doesn't get cold. Yeah, it doesn't get cold here. So the so I think what I'm going to do is like try to f like cold plunge, but with like one bag of ice or something. I heard if you like dip your face in cold water, it's the same effect. I've heard that too. Try that. I wonder if it's true. Just make sure you don't have anything going on that day because your face <laughs> might break out in, it only, a rat, in a rash. It only lasts like like 15 minutes. Oh, okay. Or like an hour maybe. Gotcha. And it only happened to me once. But the itchiness was happening every time. I want to get a cold plunge, but I haven't taken the plunge yet. <laughs> oh, God. I, <laughs> I was really lame. That <laughs> was like a I'm dad a, joke. I, I know. I'm a pro at those. I've got five nephews and a niece. So. You're too young for dad jokes. No. I don't think it's true. No, I love dad jokes. Well, this was fun. It was fun. Wait, I have to plug my Atlanta office. You have an Atlanta office? Yeah, I just got barred in Atlanta. Oh, congrats. 
But you got to hear about my story. Okay, tell me your story. I studied for the Georgia Bar for like four months while I was running my firm. And I didn't tell anyone except my close family and friends and my team. And I just, boom, took the exam, passed it. And then people were, then I posted a picture. And they're like, how the hell did you get barred in Georgia? Did you wave in or whatever? I'm like, no, I took the bar. Can you wave in? No. No, you can't. Not from Florida. In Florida, you can't wave in anywhere except Texas. That's kind of comical. It is. It is kind of comical. It is. But it makes sense because then everyone would flock to Florida. Wait, so why, why Georgia? So Georgia has mandatory bodily injury coverage of 25000 2550 whatever. Um, it's relatively close. It is relatively close. Were you getting cases from it already? Yes. We have a handful of Georgia cases. And are you going to keep doing that? Like, is that the plan to just keep expanding or? Hopefully. I want to see how Georgia goes first and then hopefully keep expanding. We'll see how big the social media gets as well and where I'm getting cases. How many followers do you have? 45.9. All legit? All, all organic. You don't do? I don't buy followers. A little bot thing? It's so obvious when people do it. It's it's stupid though, because then their um, engagement goes down too. And the comments are so obvious. They're so they're like people in India, like, "Oh, I love your tie," <laughs> something like that. <laughs> like, great advice. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, it's so obvious. I'm like, I don't know, that irks me. Yeah, me too. But look, people are trying to buy their clout. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter about followers. Doesn't matter about likes, doesn't matter about shares. What matters is, are you getting cases from social media? That's what matters. Yeah. That's it. Should we cut it here? Should we end it? Yeah, All we right. can end it now. What should the conclusion be? About? I don't know. Like, how, how does this work? I don't do podcasts. You often. just say, okay. Well, Guys, thanks for coming on the show. No, no, no. I do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me today and welcoming me to your beautiful home. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for everything that Joey shared with us today. If you found this story valuable, please share it with someone you want to see succeed. Subscribe so you never miss an episode and leave a five-star review. It goes a long way to help others discover the show.